Hey y'all, it's Editing Soraya. I'm just popping in to let you know that Elena and I filmed a crossover episode for her podcast, Bookshelf Remix. A few months ago, as you may know, we did a crossover on my show, Book Solid, and I joined her to return the favor. So we covered The Perishing by Natasha Dion, and this was quite the confounding read, we have to say. So if you want to listen to us be amusingly bamboozled and <laughs> try to figure out what on earth this book was even about, uh, be sure to head over to Bookshelf Remix and check it out. I'll have it linked below in the show notes and enjoy this episode. And welcome to Women of Questionable Morals, a Gilmore Girls deep dive podcast. I'm your host, Elena. And I'm Soraya. And today we'll be discussing fat phobia and pretty privilege in basically the whole arc of the Gilmore Girls show. So do we should we start about kind of why we wanted to do this episode? Yeah, yeah, let's 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 dive in. Yeah, so I, I think that this deserved its own specific episode because it is a subset of the type of feminism that Gilmore Girls has that includes a lot of othering. And this is also something that is a through line in the whole show, including in the revival. So the kind of fat phobia that happens on the show at this point, we can't just say, oh, it was of its time. It was clearly something that the writers and or directors clearly believe in and believe that this is a appropriate way to do comedy. So I think we need to reflect on that. Yeah, and like you are saying, this is kind of a sister episode, I feel, to our Gilmore Girl bosses, because there's just so many things that go hand in hand. And we mentioned this in the Gilmore Feminism episode that it's just a shame to have to see writers' own beliefs and ideas projected onto characters, because characters do not need to inherently be the people who created them. And I just feel like they really miss a lot of opportunities with Lorelai and Rory to make them better, to make them be these progressive, open-minded, accepting people that they want us to believe that they are. Mm -hmm. And the reason I say that is because, I mean, as many of you may well know, it's the same creators behind Gilmore Girls and The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. And I've never watched that show, but I've heard that there are a lot of similar themes in terms Definitely. of how they approach feminism and the casual fat phobia. And so, yeah, it's just like, it's really a shame to me that that is the case. Yeah, it's... It's something that is hard to discuss, but I think is necessary because it is possibly the number one way that Rory and Lorelai distance themselves from other women to make themselves feel superior. And it happens in from season one, I was rewatching and they're just so casual about it. Yes. One of their like guilty pleasures is to watch fat people on TV and make fun of them while eating ridiculous amounts of junk food. And Lorelai at some point, she makes a comment. She's like, she has like magical genes or whatever um, that she can eat whatever she wants. And you mentioned the Soraya and the feminism episode, but Rory is put in contrast with girls who have an active 
know, eating disorder. And she's just like, huh, I don't need to. I can eat whatever I want. And obviously she stays like super skinny. And I don't know what Alexis Bledel was doing in her real life, but she clearly has the genes of a skinny woman. So it's like perpetuating this idea that they can eat like the boys, but stay like the ideal of thin femininity. Yeah, they can still be the cool hot girl, even though they eat pizza and Pop-Tarts and mm-hmm. whatever. And I, what it really bothers me, or what really bothers me about it, is it perpetuates this idea that thin equals healthy. If Lorelai mm-hmm. and Rory are legitimately eating like that all the time, like, they make jokes about how, like, they haven't had a vegetable in weeks and, like, oh, there was lettuce on our burgers. That satisfied my vegetable requirement. If they are truly eating every day the way that we see them eating in the show, they are not healthy people. There is no way that you can be physically healthy like when that's like all they're ever eating. And so I hate that the show is like, I mean, Emily makes comments. A lot of people do like, oh, how you can eat like that and maintain those figures. I'll never know as if Mm -hmm. your physical appearance is the only measurement of your health. To be fair, Luke, the show concern, and when Lorelai is sick, he's like, this is because you have no immune system because you don't eat a vegetable. (laughs) Like when I watch the show sometimes, because like, I'm like, I I feel like secondary nausea (laughs) just thinking about eating like, because I have a really sensitive stomach. If I eat anything like too oily or heavy, I just have to be careful because I'll feel sick. And so I'm like, oh my God, like they're eating this and this, like I would be so sick. Like, how do they do it? Like, it's not, it's supposed to be played up to be cute and funny, but it honestly just makes me feel ill most of the time. No, and it's also a lot of wastefulness that happens. Mm, Excess, for sure. Both Emily and Richard, and possibly Luke at some point, will make comments about gluttony or showing like carelessness about food and obviously like, when it comes from emily and richard we're expected to be like on lorelei's side but i'm honestly i honestly agree <laughs> with that concept of you're just like you're being so careless also if i don't know if you're like a single parent she has a good job but like can't she, how can she afford to order so much take oh they can't they literally can't i feel like i was on the subreddit and like someone did the math of how much they'd be spending monthly on eating out and it's just not feasible that mm-hmm. they'd be able to afford it and i guess we have to suspend our disbelief that maybe luke lets them eat for free sometimes or like perhaps we talked about that in the feminine well, no, we're going to talk about it on this episode, like yeah. pretty privileged, like maybe Lorelai like charms her way into getting like mm-hmm. stuff for free or stuff discounted, but it is excessive. Like she's like, oh, we live off the leftovers for a week and a half. Nobody's eating leftovers for a week and a half. Like I can't even imagine the amount of food that they waste that they don't finish because, you know, they'll make, uh, oh, who was it? Was it the same episode with Richard where he's like, there's three of us and you've ordered food for six people or something yeah. like that. Um, and going back to like Luke always showing concern for them and like how they eat and stuff. Um, oh, I guess mm, no, I'll wait. We'll talk about that later. Um, yes. So that I'm finishing my point on excess. <laughs> no, I'm going to stop there. Cause I don't want to dive into that yet. I'm going to like wait until we get to that topic. So. Okay, but is this about them making fun of Luke for the way he eats? Or? It was kind of about that. It was just going to say like, because they openly mock people. And so it's like, but you can't win with them because they mm-hmm. mock people for being fat. And then they mock people for like working out or like choosing to eat a certain way. Exactly. So like the running joke is that Luke 
basically doesn't eat his own food like that he serves in the diner like he'll eat like a turkey burger which by the way is in the Gilmore Girls cookbook yes I wonder if it's as dry as what's his face says what's his name um, Bootsy yes and he doesn't drink coffee like he doesn't drink caffeine he's kind of like super healthy like Jess makes a comment that like no one is healthy like Luke um but that's framed as something that he should be ashamed of in Lorelai and Rory's eyes. Like, because, oh, what, live a little. Stop being so uptight. Eat like us. Yeah. And like, the similar thing with, like, Janet in mm-hmm. Yale. Like, they try to make it out like she's, I don't know, athletic Barbie. But she's really not. She's just there she's like i'm here on a partial athletic scholarship like i need to work out and again it's kind of rory and paris in that scenario that don't understand that they're not willing to like understand that people need to live different lives because of their own circumstances and they're just like ugh, at least i'm not like that so at the same time they're just like oh well you know i'm not I'm not fat, but I'm also like not a silly girl who has to starve herself or like run five miles every morning at 5 a.m. Yeah, like I'm, it goes, it, it's like, I, I love how much these, the feminism and fat phobia episodes go hand in hand because it goes back to this effortless, it all mm-hmm. has to be effortless for Lorelai and Rory. So they're like, well, I am effortlessly thin. And Janet, like, oh, she gets up and runs every day and she swims and she, I don't know bikes like she's she's active and so it's like yeah it's made to be funny or something they can mock her for because she's like thin or like yeah I guess quote thin by being active Mm -hmm. whereas Rory's like I don't care about that and I'm still so beautiful (laughs) I don't have to care about it Ugh. now we need to address Suki so first of all I want to say that the undeniable breakout star of the show is Melissa McCarthy. Like she is the one who went on and like made a major name for herself. Sure. Milo Ventimiglia and uh, Jared Padalecki also like went on to do big things, but like kudos to Melissa McCarthy for taking this role and spinning it out into a full out career. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people don't even know, like, this is where she got her start. And when the, with the revival, she was the one character they weren't sure if they were going to be able to bring back because how busy she is and how expensive it would be to have her. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so good on Melissa McCarthy for getting so much out of that. However, I do think it's extremely problematic that... Lorelai and Rory keep making all these fat phobic jokes and even, you know, having Michelle constantly dieting and stuff and saying, I don't want to look like Suki and things around that is incredibly harmful and hurtful. So I had to actually, like, when I saw the notes on this, I was like, hold on. I do not recall any moment of Michelle saying, like, because I feel like if, like, something to her face. And so Mm -hmm. I had to go back and I looked at the episode. And so what he, what he actually says is, like, I can't eat like that and look like her, her being Lorelai, like, because Lorelai eats whatever she wants and doesn't gain weight. Because I was like, whoa, like, because that's the thing about their fat phobia. They never say it in front of Suki Mm -hmm. because they know that it's, like, what they're saying is horrible. 
horrible. And we talked about that in the feminism episode of like Lorelai and Rory make certain comments only to each other because they know that neither will call the other out. So they're like, this is not publicly or yeah, socially acceptable conversation, but we're going to like kiki about it in private. And so for Michelle to say something like that in front of Suki, I was like, I can't believe like the show, I never like picked up on it. So that was like what had happened, but like still his constant obsession with dieting around Suki, like trying to get Suki to like make him certain things or whatever. Like his, his obsession with dieting does play into the fat phobia of the show. So it's not like I'm excusing that. It was just that one moment I was like, no way does he really say that in front of her? Um, yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I, I guess that's also like a read on kind of the very little like queer representation we get in the show. Like Michelle is only openly gay in the revival, but he's clearly coded as gay throughout the show and his fight, like his rivalry with Tobin, who's also coded as gay, uh, is part of the show. But this idea that, oh, he's the gay man who like is obsessed with like dieting is also problematic. <laughs> Mm-hmm. y'all can't see me I'm like nodding my head yeah yeah it's and you know going back to what I was saying about them very purposefully never making these comments in front of Suki but like what the very fact that they feel comfortable saying these things what does that mean about how they view Suki who's supposed to be this super important figure in their lives like Lorelai's best friend you know it's interesting because the show people really never say i love you that much i feel like you can count on both hands the amount of times the word I, words i love you are spoken but mm-hmm. when lorelei has her crisis after she breaks up with luke when rory comes home she says I'll, I'll take care of it talk to you later suki i love you so it's like clearly this is someone very important to them what does it mean for how they view suki that they're so casual in how they talk about fat people yeah and you know Suki is a comedic role and fat people are often used as that. Um, she does it incredibly well, obviously. And I do want to say that one good thing is that she is allowed to find love and to have a family. And in a way she does that before Lorelai. So I think we shouldn't take that for granted that fat people aren't necessarily the default is not to see them as desirable. And so the fact that, you know, Jackson wants to date her and that, you know, they get married and they have a family, I think is a positive thing for the show. But again, I feel like it doesn't undo all of the horrible comments that Lorelai and Rory seem to just do in their spare time for their own fun. And for, yeah, exactly. And and you're right. Let's give credit where it's due. Like, I appreciate that with Suki. It's never, and, you know, I I had a comment from someone on Reddit who said something similar Mm -hmm. that I feel like summed it up really well. But, yeah, it's never a plot point. She never talks about, like, how she feels self-conscious or she doesn't Mm -hmm. feel attractive because of her weight. Like, it's not ever anything like that. She never tries to lose weight. Like, I can very much appreciate that the show just, like, that wasn't something they explored because it's not necessary. And this person Mm -hmm. on the Reddit or another user commented on the Reddit post, and I'm just going to read what they said verbatim. I did not get the commenter's username, but they said, I love that Suki and Patty themselves never mentioned their size. They never say things like I feel huge, or this makes me look fat. Suki never worried about getting sexy with Jackson. It was nice to have them not think about or negatively about themselves. 
Oh, and I didn't include it, but they also said that like with Patty, people like they hear about her sex life and no one ever makes a mm-hmm. comment like, oh, really? Like it's just like accepted that, yeah. yes, she has a very active. I would say though that Patty, they go in the other direction and make her over sex to the point where mm. she like sexually harasses people, including Yeah, you. that her, the way she treats like <sighs> young boys, very oh, wow. problematic. Very problematic. And again, so she, she kind of goes into like the divine stereotype of um yeah it's this idea of like the fat oversexed woman like makes me uncomfortable so but you're right there thankfully there is no like weight loss storyline basically for anyone except maybe you know Juliet and Emily saying that she wanted to get into her wedding dress or something um but that's something you kind of expect from those characters so yes I am I'm very grateful that that is the fact um but i do think again it's the show not knowing what to do or they're just like lorelei loves suki but also feels no solidarity with any other fat people it's kind of like oh suki is the exception we get to love her but we get to be really mean to people needlessly and callously like I know we talk about it in the feminism episode. I know you're, you guys are all probably so tired of hearing me say that, but we do. There's just a lot of crossover. Yeah. Like the Die Jerk episode, the way they talk about the lead ballerina so casually and cruelly. And then we, like, the, it, like it's baffling or like thinking like the, uh, Laura, not Laura, <laughs> Rory's, um, the redhead has fat thighs comment. Like they mm-hmm. just say these things and don't even think about it. Like it's just perfectly okay. And, even like Paris is like, she makes a comment about Janet, like, oh, I hate that she's thin, as if mm-hmm. Paris herself is not thin. Like, I don't know. I have a lot of questions <laughs> about some of the decisions that the writers have made. Yeah. And I mean, I, I guess we, we should talk about the Die Jerk episode, and we'll probably approach it in a different way when we talk about Rory dropping out of Yale because there are interesting parallels between the way that Mitchum treats her and how she reacts and the way that she treats the ballerina and then she reacts. So I think Die Jerk is actually a perfect episode to showcase what's wrong with the type of feminism that Lorelai and Rory have. So just to refresh everyone's memory, Rory is asked to review a ballet production for the Yale Daily News and she goes with Lorelai and they make fun of the lead ballerina and they say things like she had a you know roll fat roll around her bra strap like she's so heavy she is like a hippo like all of these really mean things like as you're saying Soraya they're kind of saying them to themselves but then Rory decides to put them in the piece that she publishes and she gets rewarded because her editor is like, yes, this is the hard hitting journalism that we need being like really mean to this ballerina. (laughs) So she's, she's being rewarded by a man of her commenting on another woman's body, tearing down another woman. (laughs) We love to see it. And then the ballerina retaliates by writing die jerk on Rory's bedroom wall, which I could see how that would be upsetting, but also I feel like it's not, you know, the most violent or aggressive thing she could have done. But Rory, again, needs everyone to love her and is just like, oh no, what am I going to do? And then when the ballerina confronts her and she's like, you ruined like my career, like my chance to go to Juilliard. 
you like made a mockery, you made the production shut down, like your actions had huge consequence. And to be fair, Rory does show remorse and she wants a printer retraction. And, you know, when she talks about it with her family, everyone is like, no, you did the right thing. Like it's a cutthroat world and you need to get ahead. And from every side, she's getting reinforced the idea that, no, like you did this girl a favor and now she'll stop wasting her time and you have to be hard and you have to be willing to crush other people. And in this case, other women specifically to get ahead. And the sneak peek is like, it's ironic because Mitchum does the same thing to Rory, mm-hmm. but he has looked at very, very differently. And it's a different situation. We'll get into that in that episode. But yeah. yes, it. this episode angers me deeply because I can't stand Rory acting like she doesn't know the weight of her words in that piece. Mm-hmm being genuinely shocked that people thought it was mean that she called this girl a hippo, that she talked about the roll of fat around the bra strap, like saying that she had the grace of a drunken dock worker. Like she legitimately is like so shocked Pikachu face that people think it was mean. And I'm like, Rory, you're what? 1920 in this episode. Like I just, I can't believe, I don't, I refuse to believe she's that naive. And so that's something that just angers me every time I watch is her being like, well, I was just like critiquing the play. No, you were tearing down this woman. Like mm-hmm. that, those things that I just mentioned have absolutely nothing to do with, I'm sorry, not the play, but the, um, the ballet, they have like absolutely nothing at all. And so it's just like, it's very difficult to watch. And like you were saying, her getting reinforced from everyone, like trying to be like, okay, well, I feel remorseful. So maybe I should take it back. Everyone telling her she doesn't need to her getting rewarded. It's little moments like these that it's like, is it really hard to see why she grows into the, up into the person she becomes into the entitled monster that she becomes. And she does it again when she writes that article about Logan's Mm. like cocktail party. And then again, she's like upset that Logan is upset with her and she doesn't stand by herself. Like if you're going to say these things, if you're going to write these things, say with your whole chest, (laughs) exactly. You have to back yourself. Like you have to have an opinion. And again, Rory likes to signal that she's special and has opinions, but doesn't actually follow through by having any opinion. (laughs) And it goes back to like, like you said, her, her people pleasing, people pleasing nature. She, she wants the freedom to say and act however she wants, but she still wants people to like her for it. And she can't reconcile the fact that if you say and do these things, people are not going to like you rightfully so in terms of what Mm -hmm. she wrote about the ballerina. So you can't be like, all right, well, I'm a journalist and I have an, you know, journalistic integrity to say how I feel and then be like, but, but now she's mad at me. Like, yeah. Yeah she is and she is allowed to be and she has a list of how your words affected her life in like a concrete way Mm -hmm. and at some point i think rory says like well in the real world i won't have to live in the same building as the people i review but i'm like but you should still think about you having an effect and i'm not saying this to say like you should never speak out or you should never critique obviously we are here critiquing a show that we both love (laughs) but and we're putting it out into the airwaves to be judged by all of you listeners but it's you know you have to own it and I feel like Rory never owns it and when it comes to 
specifically talking about the article with Logan, Rory is confronted with a big tension where she said she wants to kind of do a class analysis, but she also wants to reap all the benefits of living with Logan and moving in his world without making any waves. And when Logan gets mad at her, she retreats automatically and she just wants to take it back. Yeah. And you know, I'm, I appreciate like, I mean, I guess that's not, (laughs) that's for another episode, but I I do appreciate the way that he calls her out in that scene of saying like, you Mm -hmm. are a part of this world, like it or not. Because I guess it kind of goes back to what I was saying of like her wanting to say whatever and do whatever and still be liked. Mm -hmm. She wants to like, like you said, reap the benefits that being in his, being in proximity to him and the Gilmores allows, but she wants to be able to like make fun of it too. And it's like, you have to acknowledge the role that you're playing in this because you absolutely are. So, yeah. And I feel like I should just record this disclaimer at this point and like pin it to our Instagram or our podcast feed. We don't hate Rory. I don't hate Rory at all. I like, you know, I feel like there's a lot of things she goes through that are very relatable and understandable and we're watching her grow up. That's the whole point. She's going to make mistakes. Mm -hmm. My issue just comes from the fact that there's never really any repercussions for these mistakes and she continues them into adulthood. And that's where I get disappointed. Yeah. But I don't hate Rory. I think it's also because, as previously stated, we identify a lot with Rory. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's us also being hard on ourselves and also trying to see, like, okay, how do we not do the same mistakes as this fictional character? (laughs) And, like, I think, you know, I mentioned it in our other episode, but it just goes, the lack of self-reflection. The lack of self-reflection. We, like you said, we can acknowledge that there are things that, you know, that we may see in Rory that mirror things in ourselves, but we have the capacity to look at it, I guess, objectively and say, like, this is not okay. Whereas she does not seem capable of doing that. So, yeah. And it's also, I find, I think a, um, a Redditor pointed out something. Um, yeah. Repulsive clue 8609 pointed out something interesting that, you know, Suki is possibly equally, if not funnier than Lorelai. And Lorelai is like a quirky, funny character, except Suki being fat is positioned as she's safe because they will never be competing for the same man. There will never be that sort of tension because obviously if you had Suki and Lorelai, you would pick Lorelai. And I think that's even made worse when they do the double date with Rune. They're kind of like, it has to be this horrible type of guy. Otherwise, Suki would have no chance. And I think that's something important because they're both comedic characters in their own way. Like, she's not another type of Emily or she's not a Sherry or all these things. Like, Lorelai and Sherry are in competition because they're both thin, ambitious women. Suki is, like, goofy, um, clumsy fat funny person so she's not seen as in competition with Lorelai you hate to see it do do you think that do you feel like this is what the writers are trying to tell us or do you feel like this is why Lorelai kept Suki in her orbit I mean I think it's it's impossible to say um I mean they do work together so I could see that you know being a legitimate friendship that they have but I do think that there was something to be said when we position the fat best friend 
mm-hmm. as like someone that you can confide in. It it has overlap without being exactly the same as like the gay best friend mm-hmm. being like, I can talk about my sex life with you because we're never going to have to compete for the same person. Like we feel safe. And, you know, thinking about what you said about, like, the way they've positioned Suki to Lorelai, I thought about a scene just now, which is, like, kind of interesting. And it's, like, yeah, maybe it just says more about Luke, like, being attracted to Lorelai but having not acknowledged it yet. But Luke knows Suki the same way he knows Lorelai. So, it's, like, why Mm – what would be the reason he's drawn to Lorelai? Like, so, the scene I'm thinking of is in the very first season when she has her – or she's talking about the fact that she's going ice skating with Rory. And Luke's like, your ice skates are horrible and rusty or something like that. Like, give them to me. I'll clean them. I'll tighten the laces for you. And she's like, oh, really? And he takes them and he walks away. And Suki goes, you really, you get really good service here. And Lorelai goes, yeah, I do. And it's like, would Luke have been inclined to clean mm-hmm. Suki's ice skates and tighten the laces for her? Like, it, I feel like that was just like a perfectly illustrate, illustrated example of what that Reddit comment was talking about. Yeah. And that's it. It's just like Suki is safe. Exactly. Um, so, yeah. Should we move on into talking about the pretty privilege? Yes, let's do it. So the flip side of fat phobia is thin privilege in this case. So thin white privilege, we should say, for Rory and Lorelai. And we've mentioned this a couple of times, but it they really act like the rules don't apply to them, which make things like Rory being sentenced to community service for stealing a (laughs) boat, get an oversized reaction from everyone, like from Rory, from Richard and Emily, from Lorelai. Like everyone is like, but how, but it's Rory. She's so pretty and perfect. And I think this is something that, makes the characters to me unlikable as you keep watching the series. And it's kind of like, I guess, very heavy handed the way the show like beats this idea into us. We can visually see that these are two conventionally attractive women. Every time Rory leaves the room, with people she's never met when she goes to the club with her grandfather, when she walks in on Emily having tea with her DAR women, when um, they have lunch or I'm sorry, when they have dinner with uh, Jason's parents, every time she leaves the room, people are like, Oh, she's a lovely girl, Emily. Oh, she's a gorgeous woman. Oh, she's beautiful. Oh, she's this inside and out. Like it's, it is hammered into us mm-hmm. how beautiful people perceive Rory and also Lorelai to be. And it's, evident in the way that like they're able to kind of breeze through life or certain situations and you know I love being on the Gilmore Girls subreddit so I was doing some looking at people talking about like pretty privilege on the show and it seems to be a difficult concept for some people to understand like some people are like okay so they're pretty so what that doesn't really like open that many doors but it really does like statistically I don't think people realize in real life like people who are perceived as beautiful are more likely to get hired they're perceived as being nicer there was like a study where they had like two kids and like one was like a conventionally like cute kid I guess and after watching like these two kids get into a fight that the cute kid instigated people still blamed the less cute child for the argument Mm -hmm. like people don't realize like the implicit bias we have toward good-looking people and so yeah I think that it's just like you said it's kind of like annoying I guess that the show doesn't ever really address it but they just continue like beat it into our heads like they're beautiful they're beautiful they're beautiful 
I mean, it's interesting that you mentioned those examples with Jason's parents and the DAR because it makes me think that that is another aspect of Lorelai's upbringing that they have not been able to shake because I do feel like that would be part of that type of society where the polite thing would be to comment on your how beautiful your grandmother is like if she were a boy it would be like oh how handsome or like how athletic or whatever like I feel like in those circles there are certain codes that are exchanged and praising a woman's beauty is one of them so I think that would be interesting to maybe delve into when we compare the, like, can you run away from wealth? It's also like this idea of being praised for your beauty. And it is also a way in which Lorelai has not disappointed her parents. Mm, that's, so she has a yeah. constant disappointment, but you know, she's beautiful and thin. Like what if she had gotten fat? Like would Emily want to be seen with her? Like it's this idea of, at least this is one way in which they haven't let the Gilmore name down. She's like this perfect trophy daughter. And people have posed that question in the separated too. Like, would Emily and Richard be so invested and interested in in Rory if she wasn't thin and beautiful and smart? Mm-hmm. And yeah. I feel like probably not. And honestly, Lorelai's, or I'm sorry, Rory's appearance is the sole reason that Emily wanted her to do the coming out party. Because like Rory mm-hmm. came to pick up the book while her DAR friends were there. And they're like, oh, Emily, she's just lovely. Is she going to be coming out of the debutante ball? And they're like, she'd easily be, um, I think they said the second, oh no, the most beautiful girl there. And they're like, mm-hmm. oh, well, aside from whatever, Katie Covington, like, no, she has a scar on her face. So Rory will definitely yeah. be the most beautiful girl there. Yeah. Like, Yeah. I mean, because it's it's mentioned a few times that, in a way, Emily's re- and Richard's relationship to Rory is like kind of Lorelai 2.0 mm-hmm. of like managing to do that. But again, it's because they probably see Lorelai in Rory a lot. So, you know, if she had looked more like Christopher or she had been fat or like... Would they want to do that? Would they want to put her on display and like bring her into the fold? Or would this just become a another blemish that, you know, my daughter ran away and her kid is fat? How could we possibly live? It's horrible too, like if Rory ever picks up on the fact that like maybe their love and adoration of her is contingent upon her looks and intellect. Mm-hmm. that's a lot of pressure like you know like people are your family you hope will love you unconditionally i mean to be fair like she pretty much deteriorate rates intellect wise in the revival and they still seem to love her so <laughs> she's still pretty and thin <laughs> she is still very pretty and thin um and there was something else i wanted to say oh yes about like lorelei getting away with stuff and i think that lorelei is allowed to be mean She's allowed mm-hmm. to be rude in a way that Suki, for example, is never allowed. Like, Suki gets to be angry, but it's always funny angry. Like, I think, like, the biggest emotion she has is when Lorelai accuses her of, like, not being a good partner in their business. And Suki is kind of like, hey, I'm sorry if... You know, I just had a baby and you judge me for being emotional 
and I feel like I can't be emotional because you think that is weak. And I really love that that read that Suki has. But otherwise, even when she's angry at Jackson, like all of these things, it's always played like Suki's emotions are always played for laughs. Like she's over the not top. Allowed. Yeah, she's not allowed to have any depth or like range of emotions. And yeah, I, I can't see Suki being able to get away with stuff and being as rude as Lorelai is. And I think definitely Lorelai gets away with a lot because of her appearance. Because, like, Lorelai is, like, super annoying sometimes. Like, oh I, I love her. I love the show. But m- she's just, like, straight up annoying sometimes. Like, she doesn't know when to quit. She, like, kind of bull- bulldozes people. And I feel like it's tolerated because of how she looks. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, like, oh, there's this scene with her and Luke. Oh, my gosh. And they're dating at the time. Luke knows who Lorelai is. So, like... You know, maybe it's not the best example, but it's just a perfect example to me of how annoying she can be. So they get back to her house and they're about to have ice cream and he brings over two um, bowls and she goes, who's washing those? And so he like takes the bowls and puts them back. And then he brings over two spoons and she was like, don't we have plastic? And then he goes and gets the plastic spoons. And then she's like, get two, those tend to break. And so he goes back and then get, I would be so irritated if my partner did something like that to me. Like she could have just said, I don't want to wash the dishes. Would you mind just grabbing a couple plastic spoons? Boom. And it's supposed to be like funny and quirky and cute, but that's just like annoying behavior, but it's like, okay, because it's Lorelai and she's beautiful and charming. But I think it's in that same episode where she's like, okay, the rule is you don't talk during the movie, but then she talks. Or is that not the same episode? Or D- Different episode, but same concept. <laughs> same concept. Luke is over basically. And they're watching a movie and she's just like, okay, the rule is you don't talk during the movie, but then obviously she talks. And then when he asks questions, she's like shushing him. And he's like, well, you're talking over the parts I talked over last time. I was like, he doesn't know that. He wasn't there last time. Like, <laughs> like it was just like, it's again, it's making it all about her experience of the thing when ostensibly she's there to like introduce this movie to Luke, but really it's not about him at all. And it's, it's- yeah, it's kind of like what we talked about in our last episode, like her selfishness, like when it starts yeah. creeping over the line of like tolerable selfishness. <laughs> and I think like to some degree, there is a lot of wish fulfillment. Like a lot of us would like to be rude and <laughs> say stuff <laughs> and like be like praised for it. And so, I mean, I don't want to say it's entirely bad because we do get enjoyment out of seeing these women behave badly and getting away with it. But I do think that, you know, if they were a black single parent household, I don't think they would get away with this. It'd be coded differently because bias and racism. And like, I'm thinking like, for example, even if they were like East Asian women, if, if the Kims were (laughs) the Gilmores, I mean, it there is a risk of them being hypersexualized as well and not being taken seriously for their intellect. Whilst I do think it is a privilege for Rory specifically to be seen as physically beautiful and desirable, but also as like super smart and bright. Cause that's not always a given when you're deemed to be beautiful. Like if you're a Latina, if you're like East Asian, you can be seen as like, oh, you're very beautiful, but you're 
not smart or not smart in an attractive way. You're like a nerdy computer scientist person, but you know, you're not attractive whilst Rory maintains her attractiveness through it all. And I mean, if you want to go just what you're saying about the Kims and like pretty privilege and race, like look at Mrs. Kim and Emily, the way they treat their daughters are very similar at times in terms of how controlling mm-hmm. they are and just the way they speak to them. And like, you know, Emily can be very, very vicious in the things she says and does, but it's pretty much widely accepted. I feel like a lot of people love Emily. They still mm-hmm. like call Emily one of their favorite characters. They think she's funny. They think she's this, but like a lot of people don't feel that way about Mrs. Cam. And it's like, well, why? If they act very similarly. Yeah. So exactly. I never thought of that, but that is, that is so true. And like, it's seen as, yeah. Ugh. So I guess if you have any thoughts or comments about this, uh, please let us know. Um, but Soraya, where can people find you on the internet? You can find me at Book Solid Podcast on Instagram. Uh, that is my other podcast that I host, part book club, part book review. And yeah, we are doing some fun things. I'm actually introducing some new content. So if you want to head over and take a peek, I'm not going to spoil it. I'm going to make you have to go look at it to figure out what it is. Um, And Elena, where can people find you? You can find me at Bookshelf Remix on in your pod feed that is my book review podcast look out for another crossover episode with soraya where we discuss the perishing by natasha dion if you're interested in hearing me interview underrepresented philosophers you can check out philosophy casting call as well you can follow us at woqm pod on instagram and keep up with our posts there also email us and email us your snapshots snapshots your screen saving ugh, your those things <laughs> those things the picture of your review take us an old-timey picture uh, of your review and send it to us at woqmpod at gmail.com and we've asked our listeners what are last two episodes should be of this season and y'all have picked some good ones so keep in mind that you can always suggest topics on our instagram or in our emails and who knows what will happen in season two i mean we can tell them which ones were picked right yeah it's public yeah yeah so our last two episodes will be on Rory dropping out of Yale and Rory, uh, no, I'm sorry, back it up, <laughs> Emily and Lorelai, which also probably Rory by default because, you know. Yeah, but we'll, we'll make an effort to focus on, on Emily and Lorelai because I do think there are some quite beautiful moments in the, amongst the trauma. <laughs> Shit store. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. yeah, basically. <laughs> um, and I think, yeah, the way that Lorelai parents rory is very much informed with how she was parented by emily yes absolutely so thank you all for listening and until next time keep your morals questionable